you truly understand your pet? Are you even aware that your pets use mental telepathy in an attempt to communicate with you? Pet communicator Dr. Monica is joining Dr. Pat each month to help you recognize that animals have emotions, thoughts, and feelings. You will come to understand how your own actions, thoughts, and feelings affect your furry friends. It's time to learn all you can about all creatures, great and small, on Pets Talk with Dr. Monica and Dr. Pat right now on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Yeah, hey everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And we've got a great show today with Dr. Monica. And first of all, what you should know is that when we open up uh, the uh, either the phones or we open up for live on air connecting to your animal friends, one of the things you're going to find is we're going to need a picture of whoever that is you're talking about. And the best way to do it is go to Facebook and post it on Facebook at Transformation Talk Radio, facebook.com, Transformation Talk Radio, and we will get you some information. For those of you here today, it's great to have you join us. We're going to be talking about something super, right? Why is it important to know what your animals are thinking, feeling, and to understand changes in behavior? That's what we're talking about. For those of you that know who Dr. Monica is, you certainly know that she is somebody that has been known worldwide for what she does, how she does it, and her reach goes all over the globe. And you'll hear more about that today. Dr. Monica, great to have you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Welcome to Pets Talk Radio. I am your co-host and pet communicator, Dr. Monica. And like Dr. Pat says, I am here to talk to you about what pets think, feel, want from you, and any other question that you may have. Um, And I think let's talk about this because this is always interesting for me. You know, when I think about why it is important to know what your animals are thinking, and I'm really struck by the fact that um, that when we look at our animal friends, we notice things that change. Let's talk about what we do with the information that our animals provide. You want to talk to that for a minute? Absolutely. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what a pet communicator does, we are translators. We translate from pets' images into words, sentences that humans can understand. So the reason why I talk to people all over the world is that maybe the pet has never heard a word of English in his lifetime, but they're form of communication is visual. So they will send me information in visual form, in images, from mind to mind. And my job is simply to translate these images into words that the person in front of me can understand. So it doesn't matter what language they speak at home, the animals will always speak in picture form. And that's why I talk to people all over the world. As long as we understand, the humans understand each other, then there is no problem for me understanding any animal around the world. So that's the basic 
premise of what it is done. So now let's talk about do animals have feelings? Do animals have wants? Do they have needs? And it is up to us, the human, to find out if, if your animal is acting out. Let's just say, for instance, let's um, go to one of my old, old clients. I had a client a long time ago that called me up because her cat was using, uh, was not using her little box. She was going outside the little box. I've heard that story yeah. so many times. Exactly. And I it's mean, a very common thing. But you know, you expect it right for a dog. You don't expect it for our kitties, right? So when yeah. that happens, like a little light bulb should go on, right? Like it did for your client. <laughs> Absolutely, because you go, okay, so we have two things here. One can be a physical problem. The uh, cat is letting you know they're sick, they don't feel good, and the only way they get attention is if they do something outside the premise of what is routine or proper. That's the one thing. Number two thing could be an emotional thing, a trauma of some kind, something happened. Uh, she didn't like something. For instance, if you suddenly change from a regular little box to one of those electronic ones, you oh. know, that um, they brush the, uh, you know, whatever they, they do once every 30 minutes. What happened if she was there doing her business and all of a sudden the motor comes on and starts brushing things away? That's a traumatic event. This is something that we need to know. And that's why I communicate with a client. So going back to my story, this client calls me and says, all of a sudden she started pooping and peeing outside her little box. And I want to know, I want to let her know to go back to the way things were. That was her thing. She wanted me to tell her cat, hey, stop doing what you're doing. Go back and use your little box again. Well, this is something that people should understand. I cannot change the behavior of an animal that is doing something because they have reasons to do something. So I said to my client, I will try, but I will find out the reason why. During my communication with the cat, she was very adamant, the cat, that her human was not cleaning her little box to her liking and that she wasn't going to go in inside her mess to make more of a mess. So I talked to my client and I said, listen, all she wants you to do is to clean her little box every day. She's tired of uh, having to step on the mess and she wants you to be very clean. Otherwise, she's not going to use it. And she says, listen to me. Listen, I work very long hours and I am not going to clean her box every day because I'm tired when I get home and I'm just not going to do it. So you tell her to use the box the way it is. I'll clean it when I am, when I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I, I talked to the cat and said, this is oh, what your boy. mom says. Oh, boy. She told me very nonchalant, that is fine with me. I'm just not going to use the box unless it's pristine clean. And that was that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it sounds like, look, I love this story. I love all your stories, Dr. Monica. I mean, because what you do is you're helping people with their animal friends in real life situations. Right. I mean, this is a story that when you hear this and you hear others, right, you know, the the owner, right, the mm -hmm. pet friend, the person that has this beautiful being, this animal, this cat, right, loves it. And anytime we want discipline to enter into the factor, and that's really what we're talking about. It's strange, too. Yeah. It's like, seriously, it's a cat, <laughs> but they have feelings. And I mean, put yourself in the, I've always said this, put yourself in the animal's place. Honestly, what would you want? I love, though, the intelligence, yes. you see. See, we don't think our animal friends are very smart. A lot of people don't think they're very smart. That is mistake number one. You should write a book about <laughs> all the mistakes in thinking that people make about their animal friends, right? I think I did. I think I did. In I fact, think you did write that. <laughs> yes. Uh, in fact, uh, my sixth book it should be coming out, you know, within six weeks or wow. so. And I list there all the things that humans do not realize that animals are thinking or, or feeling or doing. And we think that they're misbehaving when in fact they're trying to tell you something. Something is not right with their life. Something is going array and we need to figure out what that is and change it. And you know, sometimes um, they are so sensitive, you know, some animals, I'm not saying all of them, but some animals are so sensitive. I'm going to tell you a little story about another cat who was very sensitive. And the story goes something like this. I, I had a um, call from a lady that was very concerned because uh, her uh, kitty cat would not come to her bed with her and it was something that they had done for many years and then she stopped doing that because there was another cat and uh long story short she this other cat had died and she wanted her kitty cat to come and sleep with her in the bed so she wouldn't do it and she asked me what is wrong why is she not doing it and i said no problem i will talk to her in her talk with me, she said she was showing me how the human was making up the bed. And I could see her making up the bed with beautiful white linen. And everything was white in, on her bed. And she was at the door and she was telling me, I cannot go in. Mom will get mad at me if <sighs> I go in. And I, I, I thought to myself, well, I am translating something wrong here because the lady just told me I want her on my bed with me and yet the cat is telling me I can't go in. So I'm telling this translation to my client and she says I know exactly what happened. The cat that died messed up my bed more than once and so I decided I wasn't going to let him in my bedroom and every time he would come into the bedroom I would stop him at the door and say no you do not come in get out of here wow. but the other kitty was there too and so 
she was so sensitive that she still thought going beyond the door to the bedroom was forbidden for her as well. And so she didn't want to do it. Once I told her the, that was meant for the other cat and not for you, you're welcome there because you never mess up and you are a wonderful kitty. The next day she went to sleep with her mom. So that was, to me, that was a great story of a sensitive cat that- exactly she decided, no, I can't go in because mom would get upset with me until she was explained. It was explained to her that it wasn't meant for her. Look, I, I, you have written more books, I think, on the topic than just about anybody I know in many, many ways. Uh, and you do have an upcoming book, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, you have had thousands of cases, thousands of people you've worked with. Mm-hmm. And I know what we're talking about may seem to some people listening, right? They may be thinking, well, of course that makes sense. But that's on the outside looking at somebody else's situation. There's nothing more obvious to outsiders about what's going on. I mean, when when Travis, my uh, colleague, uh, had him for 13 years, he was basically, we were told he was going to live 13 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> no kidding, right? That's what the vet said. Um, and then w- once we decided that's not going to be his story, um, the vet happened to live literally a half a block away. And I watched the amount of money we paid to keep this loving being alive, pay for an entire new building and a Mercedes for my vet. We used to joke about that with him. We used to be like, okay, this elbow operation is what, you know, a car for your wife now. Um, But the point is we knew, and I want to ask you about this. This is what's so important. We didn't know that we were getting the love of our lives that was, let's just call it inbred. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't know the language, right? I'm not a groomer or a breeder, but the minute that we took him out, this little furball out of the litter, we just knew, we knew there wasn't anything. And over time, what we discovered about him is that he was ultra sensitive and communicative Mm -hmm. but sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees Mm -hmm. and that's what happened to me in the later years i could not see how much pain he was in oh my friends could but this is what we're saying this may sound like and some of these stories may sound like of course yes but when you're loving and this is your animal friend we can't see it. That's why not. we have to call people like you. We have to call Dr. Monica because, my gosh, it's a problem. Let me ask you this question. The problem doesn't really go away until you address what the, oh. kid, what the cat's saying. Absolutely. And that's, <laughs> that's part of the thing. And that's why I always go back to say people think that I change behaviors. No, I don't change behaviors. I listen to their complaint. 
I tell the human that they need to change something, whatever it is, either clean the little box, allow them to come in in the bedroom, you know, take them for a walk, whatever it is, they need to address the problem. And with the human's addressing of the problem and me communicating with the animal, the behavior changes. And that's the end result. That's what we want to see. We want to see a bad behavior change. But before we get there, we need to figure out why they're doing what they're doing. Once we know the whys, the whens, the whats, then it's easy to fix most of the time. Now, of course, you know, I've had instances that we couldn't fix it. For instance, yeah. if a, a dog is part of a big um, uh, group, and he says, I don't like so-and-so, and I want you to get rid of him. Of course, you cannot do that. That's but right. There are some things that we cannot fix, but we can do other things. You know, for instance, he may want to spend more time with uh, one of the humans, and that's doable. You know, then they'll take him for a walk by himself. They do things by himself so that he doesn't feel that others are more pushy or they want more love and attention that he does. And so we can work around that. But there's always something that the human needs to do in order to change the behavior. You know, this is something that uh, I was thinking about you the other day. And I got a question that came in from a friend of mine to ask you. Okay. And... And I have a group of friends and they love birds. They go bird watching all over the world mm. and they really do. And they have a love that goes beyond, beyond that I can even begin to tell you. Right. Mm. And a fascination. And they truly believe that. And I believe them that they are soul connected do you know what I mean? Not yes. just we go bird watching. No, right. my friends, when they go, it is like a ritual, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. They get together and they plan it and they make sure they don't disturb mm -hmm. the environment. But the other day I was talking to, to, to one of my, my friends and, and they said, you got to ask Dr. Monica a question. And I said, okay. And they said, is there a parameter around an animal meaning are there some animals you just can't have a relationship with and i said you know i'm going to answer that question for you from me mm -hmm. and then i'm going to ask dr monica i said for whatever reason i will not kill a spider mm -hmm. i i don't care how big it is i don't care how small it is if i see a spider i am going to get it under the glass and i am going to gently without hurting it take it outside don't know what that's about. Can't tell you. And I said, you know, I want to ask Dr. Monica about this because they're living. So her question is, and I, and I have a funny feeling. I think I know where this is coming mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. She has a relationship with not a typical animal, but mm -hmm. I want to ask you, are there, there are no rules around animals we connect with. Are there? There are no rules. Okay. Even wild animals are able to, at some point, trust, because that's the whole thing, trust that a human is not going to uh, do something bad to them. Yeah. If you are willing to be in front of a wild animal without fear, 
you know, without sudden movements, you know, telling them through your mind that you are not there to cause any problems, but you're there to do X, Y, and Z. There is no cause for uh, concern. Some animals are more open-minded than other ones, and it all depends on their upbringing. Have they seen a human hurt uh, some of the herd? Uh, you know, kill someone, Uh, then they are more leery, obviously. So would we be of being around someone that can cause harm to them? On the case of bird watching, it is fantastic because these people uh, stay their distance. They do not go to the nest. They do not touch the nest or the the eggs. And this is something that the the bird would not allow. But other than that, it's just perfect. It's just perfect. I want to ask you this question because this is to me was a real challenge for me. Um, you know, with Travis. Well, first of all, it was a a challenge to realize how much pain he was actually in. Mm. But, you know, do they communicate with us? Can they tell us, yeah, this is the issue I'm having, right? Yes, clearly I'm limping, but it may not be my knee. I want to tell you what it is. Is there, what can we say to people that on the surface have a sense of what they think is wrong and sometimes we guess right and sometimes we guess wrong how do we know what is what is bothering them okay so i am have i have to quantify this answer because there are some people that are like me that we are also medical empath yeah what that word means is that we feel in our body what the animal is feeling in their body. So we are able to somewhat describe the feeling. Um, I have worked with a, a, a doctor of chiropractic that dealt with animals only. And when I used to go to her clinic for a consultation, she would ask me questions like, is the pain Uh, in one place or does it travel? Is it sharp or is it dull? Is it on the left side or the right side? Is the neck stiff or is the hip stiff? And those answers that the animal would tell me would help her to work on the animal at the same time that we were having the conversation. It was like I was translating from a different language. So the answer to your question is yes, there are many people like me that are medical empaths that do not work as animal communicators, but they have that intuition, that je ne sais quoi, that knowing that they can tell where the pain is at. And then you have the other lay person that they think that, you know, it could be in the leg or it could be in the hip or it could be a combination. And that's fine as long as they go to a vet for a confirmation. Okay. You still have to confirm everything that you feel. I have uh, people that call me exclusively for health issues and I have vets that call me that are stumped and they do not know what the problem is. 
And so uh, with my help and their knowledge of, you know, <laughs> their veterinary practice, then we can fix a problem. But it takes a village sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And that's the reason I asked this. You know, we're going to take a short break when we come back. Um, this is the age old question that we're going to talk about when we come back. Do our animal friends actually understand what we're saying to them, both right. verbally and physically, mm-hmm. and more importantly, emotionally? You know, how do they read us? Got Does it. body language matter? What is it about that? that is so important for us to understand. But before we do, Dr. Monica, how do people find out more about you? How can they work with you? Thank you. Well, they have to visit my website and that is petcommunicator.com. You have a wealth of information there. We have online classes there. We have consultations there. So all you do is you send me a note and uh, I'll get you in and I get all your questions answered. I love it. Dr. Monica and I will be right back. We are taking your questions. 1-800-930-2819. Really cool. If you call in and you want to know something specific about your pet, please go over to Facebook at Facebook Transformation Talk Radio. If you post a picture of your uh, animal friend, we can get you very specific information about that. But when we come back, are you just talking to the air or do they really get what you're saying? And is how you say it more important than what you say? Kind of like human beings, right? Right. Take a break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk to Dr. Monica about all the books she's written and maybe she'll give us a little info on the new book. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www divinelydrivenresults.com It's time to shake out your money-making truth on Soul Wisdom Abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on transformationtalkradio.com This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at jenniferbloom.com. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Potasic each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the Golden Age, and it provided the truth and the answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome back. It's great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, one of the things I want to say here is that, um, you know, when I think about what Dr. Monica has done, and I think about the fact that her domain, right, is petcommunicator.com. And I think about how many years ago did somebody have to think about this and grab that domain name like before there were even animals i think because <laughs> that particular domain right now is and i think about it only to say that what i know about dr monica is she not only understands about communicating but she understands about communicating with a purpose. And what that means is that usually we want to have a greater connection. We want to be able to create a fantastic environment for animal friends. And yet we do the best we can do with the very little bit of information we have about it. It's how amazing. To do it. It's just yeah, right? amazing. But that's where you come in. I mean, you work with people all over the world. I do. And there's no problem too big and no problem too small. And, and I want to get back to that because, first of all, you have written a number of significant books on the topic, right? That's right. That's right. And yet you're writing another one. Are you, are you able to tell us a little bit about the new one? Yes, absolutely. The new one is it's just a compilation of stories, just like the ones I told you today, but that are very significant because it tells you something about difficult cases. And so I have them separated into different chapters, of course, but I am very happy with them. Um, the title of the book is Your Pet called only because uh, it's not that they're calling me, obviously the human calls me, but it, it almost feels that uh, the human was prompted 
to call me because right. something happened in the pet's life that they can't deal with. So yes, your pet called is uh, the new book. Uh, it is in the final stages. What I love about this book is that because we are in this technological age, I was able to put pictures that correspond to each story. So you get a sense of who this animal is. You look at it. You can really put yourself in that position as an uh, owner. And uh, it's just gives it a whole new perspective when you have a picture of the animal in question. And all the stories are not just stories, are real stories uh, with real names of both humans and animals. I took the time to ask uh, for uh, okay from all, all the owners. So they're very happy to have their uh, stories included in my book. So that's really wonderful. I will make an announcement on my newsletter. So all the audience have to do is sign up for my newsletter and I will let them know. And speaking of that, on my website, petcommunicator.com, which I have online classes for people who think that either medical empath or they have this kind of intuition that want to talk to their animals, I have a free mini course. They can go in at any time under Pets Talk Academy and uh, go in and sign up for a free mini course. It will tell them, it will give them an idea of what it is uh, that it needs to happen in your mind to be a pet communicator and with that they can probably have an idea of what they want to do next because I give a lot of classes too. Yeah. I, I love that we're talking about this. You know, one of the things that happens to our hosts, and it's always been like a, a question mark for them. And what I've said to them is, I got to tell you, I've been doing this for a long time. And if you have an animal friend, if you have a pet, if you have a dog, if you have a cat, who, whatever that is, the minute you start to get on air and talk, the cat will jump up, happens to Colette all the time. The dog will come in the room, maybe start barking. And they said to me, why? And I said, I have no idea, but I just know that's what happens. So what I've come to think, now you tell me if this is true. What I've come to think about this is they want to be part of the conversation. Now that's my two cents on it. I don't know if that's what it is. Um, Not only that, they want... They want yeah. to ha have the whole history. They want to understand. So your question before the break is, yeah. how is it? How is it that they can see? Do they see? Do they hear? Do yeah. they understand? So uh, this is the best answer that I can give you. An animal doesn't see you how you see yourself in the mirror. <laughs> you are more than that. You are energy, you are light, you are colors. They work with all your senses. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you cold? Are you hot? What is going on in the whole of you that is telling them how they should feel or what is it that you're thinking? So a, a basic thing that happens to us every morning is, Let's go out for a walk. Yes. Now, when you say that, even before you say that, your dog is looking at you attentively until you say that thing 
because they know that now it's time to go put the leash on and go out for this wonderful walk that they will know everything that happens in the neighborhood. They know everything about you. But I always go fall back to my stories. When I have a consultation, for instance, I ask people to come in with questions. They usually have a list of several questions. And as soon as I sit down, I don't talk to the human first. I talk to the animal first. And I wow. say, this is your time to ask as many questions as you want. And that, or to tell your people anything that you want. And I remember one animal sat down in front of me and he said, no, I do not want another dog. I am fine the way things are. I want to be the one and only. And I'm translating this as, you know, this is the first thing that he wants you to say. And these people go, it is not only our first question on our list of questions to ask, but we were talking about it just this morning before we came to see you. So what happened is this dog knew they were talking, thinking, mentally putting out this thought of getting another dog in the house. And it was the first thing he needed to tell them. So yes, they see yeah. all of us. Yeah. Yeah. mentally, physically, everything. Yeah, you know what's interesting about what you said? When Travis, when Travis passed, people would say to me, man, you're so good with, you're so good with dogs, you know? You love them, they love you. Why don't you get another one? Are you gonna get another one? Never entered my mind, right? Yes. It never entered my mind to mm. even think about getting another one yes now why is that why do some people and why are some people able to say yes i am going to do this right away and others not but i think that what you're talking about is so important that we pay attention because that is a message that is so important. And if we're not made aware of it or if we're not listening to it and you do go ahead and get another animal in the house, yes. that's when things start to go a little bit crazy, I think, right? Absolutely, because you are going against the grain. And so you're pushing what you want to do against something that your other pet is telling you, I don't ever want to share this home with anybody else. And so you bring another one in, you're going to have fights. Uh, one of them is going to stop or um, eating or stop doing, you know, some of the routine, you're going to have a very unhappy household. Wow. And the bottom of the story is you don't want that you want to have, you know, a really wonderful uh, home where everyone feels welcome. But if someone is so mad about not uh, welcoming anybody else into their home, it's not going to happen. So let me address what you asked yeah. that I think is so important. People are different. We are all so different that I have found people at the two ends of the spectrum. 
For instance, I have had people whose animal died today and tomorrow they're going to the shelter getting another animal because they cannot live without an animal. They cannot be by themselves. It's just so beyond the realm of you know, what it is to be happy that they cannot conceive to be living without an animal. And yet on the other end of the spectrum, I have others like you that said, he was the one and only, and yeah. I will never feel comfortable with any other being next to me. So what happens, I believe, is something that in your heart, in your soul, you know that that animal, that being that spent so much time with you was so very special that no one else can feel those paws. And so you convince yourself that you had the best of the best and that you could never go back to anything less than that. Okay. But the people that have had the experience to have these wonderful beings with them are very few. We love all the animals. And I've had, I don't know, in my lifetime, probably 15 or 20 animals. Yes. But only one of them was my soulmate, was the one that I would do anything for. And I knew that I could count on that animal 100% to do anything I wanted him to do. And we are lucky to have found that soul. We're very lucky. So your soul knew that. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny as you're talking about it, I, you know, I was just kind of asking myself, do I really feel like that? And I really do feel like that. It's not that, you know, that I don't connect to all my friends, dogs and right. cats and hamsters and snakes and everything <laughs> else they have. Right. Right. But it's, I think that the bond that one creates is so special that I think for me, I think about that and I think about, am I in a, gr in a place in my life now where I could provide the same kind of love and attention I did then? And I right. look at what I'm doing and, you know, business owner, which I wasn't then. And I think about that. But the other part of it is that there are things we learn. Mm. Um, you know, what is the worst memory that you could possibly think of? Well, every day, getting up, walking out of the house and looking at that face. <laughs> leaving right? that face. Leaving, leaving. Um, yes. And not knowing what to say. Yeah. Exactly. You know, not saying, hey, I'm going to work. I'll be back. What, you know, but those are the memories that touch our hearts. Right. Right. That's they touch right. our hearts. Yeah. How do we help? And, and I want to ask you this in, in the time we have left, because I think it's important. You know, as humans, there's a responsibility I think we have to our own behavior around our animal friends. And we don't quite, I don't think, understand the impact. For example, the impact of fighting, you know, the impact of having a bad day of work and coming home. And bringing yeah. a bad day of work to the right. house, right? Yeah. Um, yes. how, how does this interaction with our emotions work with the interaction with our 
animal's emotions. Right. Well, I, I can only say that it's more or less the same as having a partner at home yeah. and you come home and, you know, you talk about your uh, awful day that you have. You know, there are some people that are very open and they are going to listen to you. Same thing with animals. There are those animals that you you sit down and they're on top of you and they put their head on top of you. This is their way of helping you cope with a bad day. They, that's what they do. These are our, our teachers, okay? These are our nurses. Uh, these, these are the animals that are here with the intention of helping a human go through misery, bad days, you know, what have you. Then you have those cats, usually, that they look at you and they, you remember you are put in your place. <laughs> because they want food now and it doesn't matter how tired you are how upset you are you know they want you to do the routine and they bring you down to earth a little bit it's like you you have to do what you have to do every day and you do it for me and you do it now because they will meow they will swat at you they will tell you <laughs> this is Hey, stop what you're doing. Stop feeling right. sorry for yourself. Right. Do this for me now. It's their way of helping us cope with life. And so they do it in different ways, but they all do it. Yeah. And that is part of their mission. Yeah. You know, what I love about what you're talking about is that, you know, one of the best things we could do is learn some of the things you're talking about. Right. Um, and that's why I think you teach people all over the world. You know, people can go to your website, petcommunicator.com, and they will be able to find out about the classes that you offer, um, right. the books that you have there. They could work with you directly. Um, but it all is in the spirit of having a wonderful relationship with our animal friends. That's Cat the bottom line. That is the bottom line. That's and it. For them to tell you what they need from you is all you need to make them happy because sometimes we don't really know. We don't really know. You no. know, people think, for instance, a silly thing, but this is so um, uh, prevalent in people that have, for instance, in California, we have huge yards. And so they would tell me, well, um, he has a huge yard, so he doesn't need to go out for a walk. He can oh. know, walk outside and, you know, right. have fun. Well, that's not the point. The point is that when you walk with your dog, you share some time together. You do something together. And so you are part of his pack and he becomes comfortable with you, comfortable with the walk, comfortable with what you want and need from him and what he needs from you yeah. and so it's not the same to go to see a movie all by yourself and then come home and tell your partner about the movie <laughs> the thing is about sharing the experience together, right. right yeah but that's what's important. yeah you just answered a huge question and you know linda doesn't have a pet of her own but she sits for uh sadie and she sits for daisy and these two little beautiful dogs and her brother and sister, I think, scratch their head and they don't understand why the relationship with Linda is so strong. But you just nailed it. 
when they come to spend time with Linda, you can count on Linda walking them a good two miles three times a day. That's it. And that is a relationship builder. And we don't get that. That's but right. Yeah, of course you can pet your dog. But there are other th things that happen in strengthening relationships. And I think that's the body of work you do. Because this is not a one-size-fits-all. No, it isn't. In fact, it's very peculiar to the animals. People say, well, all animals do this or all animals think about this. No, I have lots of dogs that do not care to go out on a walk. Right. But they do care of spending time with their owners. They tell me they want to go on a car ride or they want the, to play hide and seek. Now, who plays hide and seek? Okay, but there are some dogs that do yep. so it, it depends it's very individual to the to the animal that i'm talking about and that's why we cannot generalize we cannot say oh all golden retrievers do that or no. all, all chihuahuas do this no yes they do have a generalized idea of what it is to be a golden versus what it is to be a chihuahua but in general each animal is a very individual being and that's what I do. I present to the humans their own animals. So I love that you said that. And I know that the hour has gone by so quickly. I know I'm glad you said that because we are all hooked up to a network. So what happens now with our screensaver, there's this picture that Linda has of these two white dogs, right? They're little teeny dogs and they're in this this I don't know, this red little wheelbarrow or something. But here's the thing you said that's so important. The owners look at these two, I don't know how many pounds, they're small, and say they're too small to walk 2.7 miles. <laughs> well, if you've ever walked with Linda and Daisy, you're lucky to keep up with Daisy. <laughs> and so thank you for saying that because in the end, we want to have loving relationships. And sometimes the decisions that we have to make are not easy. They're but not. that's where you come in. Exactly. Um, let folks know, again, how they can get copies of your book, find out more about you, work with you directly as well. Please yes. tell them how they can do that. They can visit my website, petcommunicator.com. Uh, look for services and fees. If you want to uh, do a consultation with me, I'll be happy to help you with your pet. Or if you want to take classes, look for Pets Talk Academy. And do take the free um, mini course because it will give you an idea of uh, where you stand. So thank you so much for coming in today. And we'll see you next month oh look at that uh, that is so cute yeah it looks like they are um poodle mixes and yeah they can walk far <laughs> that's it linda just brought them in uh <laughs> and you know the other part of the story is they love her amazingly they yes. love her yes great relationship when you share things together yeah. Thank you so much. I can't wait till you come back. When is your book coming out? Um, I don't know if it's going to be available next month, but we'll give it a try. <laughs> I hope you get me an advanced copy so we could talk about it. Absolutely. We will do. All right. Dr. Monica, everybody, I'm Dr. Pat. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Thank you. You've been listening to Pets Talk with pet communicator, Dr. Monica and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
Tune in each month to solve your pet problems. For more information on Dr. Monica and communicating with your pets, visit PetCommunicator.com.